Everybody. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. Welcome to Reckless Attack. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I am your dungeon master, Nathan. Thank you all once again for tuning in to our humble fantasy program. I am joined here, as always, with my beloved four players, and we will have them all introduce themselves right the heck now, starting on my left with. Hi, it's me, Sophie. I play Valeska <laughs> Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana domain, and I, Sophie, don't have snack and cheese. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a me, oh, Sophie. no. <laughs> but to my left. Hi, everyone. It's Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And Checkers has found a, a very interesting thing in the wild today exploding pumpkin seeds, and is very disappointed that they just explode randomly when you <laughs> yep. touch them. And you can't just take them with you. Not yet, at least. Not yet, not yet. But Valeska has thankfully collected the seeds, so there will be much growing when we get back to, <laughs> to Egmar. Jonathan, I really appreciate your professionalism. Yes. As a podcaster, mm-hmm. uh, for just blowing past Sophie saying that she wanted snack and cheese, <laughs> <laughs> and just being like, "No, I'm going to introduce myself." Yeah. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it speaks for itself. I guess. I think so. But to my left. I was going to totally call something out, but I guess now I have to stay <laughs> professional. I mean, no, no, no. Do whatever yeah. you feel is right, because there's a lot of types of professionalism. You know. Hi, I'm David, and I play Casper Brightmane, and I am one of the four players around this table. Four players. <laughs> and to my left. <laughs> <laughs> what? Never, never mind. I, I'm, I'm right. on the same page as you, babe. Don't I get it? I thought it. I didn't say Just it. Just finger, finger guns, guns across the table. I'll redo that one later. Don't worry about it. No, no, it's too late. Your kids will love it. Yep. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Steve. My name is Steve. It's late. What do you, what do, you do, Steve? Yeah. I, I am an anti-professionalist. I am sitting here playing Salve Asterlin, the dragonborn monk. And I am at a loss because I don't have a <laughs> I don't have a quip I don't have a I don't have a good comeback I don't no. know what's going on I got Steve. nothing no. yeah I'm I have thoroughly derailed this entire campaign with snacks yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know I feel like it, we've been doing this for f- almost fifty episodes now mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what episode this is but there's gonna be a point where we just run out of banter <laughs> right there's gonna be one week where it's like. Ha, let's be. Oh, no, we made that joke. Yeah. Ah, wha- oh, no, we. Uh, no. Well, uh, it is episode 49, and I think I'm going to introduce my catchphrase this episode. Your Now, is it Selv's catchphrase, or is it your no, this Steve is, for your in, like, in the, multimedia career outside the podcast? In the, in the tradition of everybody kind of, uh, you know, doing the little mic checks and stuff that they say. I uh, got it, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So this will be uh, Steve's catchphrase is going to be. Catchphrase. 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 With, 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 with the clicks. Uh, got to. Catchphrase. Got to. It's imperative. Now, uh, I just, now I just have to remember that. And the yeah. finger guns. And the, yeah, but that doesn't come through on audio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear listeners, you may be questioning that we are, in fact, a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons uh, actual play podcast. And our sanity. And, yeah. and, and a few other things about us and about why you have chosen to be here, which, again, we do thank you for. But... We assure you, it is indeed a high fantasy, high strangeness, uh, very spooky, very friendshipy, very froggy experience that we are purveying here. And how do we know that? Well, let me tell you. The group of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guilders are outside the Red City of Agmar. Your destination? Well, first, a kind of strange settlement that seems to be, at least according to your map, atop a giant tree. You hope that that will be the first step towards finding Lorana Moonglove, who you think might be able to help you reforge the armbands of the bones, the undead guards of the Red City. You're still not exactly sure where this is going to take you or what sort of help she might be able to offer or where she is exactly, but 
you have a plan. And you also have a member of the Bones, the Fortunate, who is guiding you, helping to make sure that you all are safe, keeping a few things at bay with their spooky, ooky, undead auras, (laughs) all the good things. But that's not really reflective of your current situation, in that you've all bedded down. You actually were about to play a couple hands of cards with the Fortunate. And a strange apparition appeared behind the Fortunate. It was ethereal. It was not particularly shaped like anything. It was very amorphous, very hard to describe. The last we left our heroes, Kaskrin, Val, and Selv, were all sitting around, about to be dealt this hand of cards, when you all noticed this, and then the fortunate looked up at you, noticing your eyes were a couple feet above their eye level, and said, what? Val, vibe checks the spectral form. Uh, yep. And Kaskarin immediately yells to the fortunate, like, get down! There's something behind you! Selv will just, uh, point behind the, uh, the fortunate and just yell out, Glade Shade. And then kind of... <laughs> Not everything rhymes in this world! Oh, we're going to make it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, we'll, uh, we'll kind of like roll back and take a defensive stance. Checkers, you hear people shouting out, what do you do? You're on watch at yeah. the moment, last yeah, night, yeah, I recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you still there? Yeah, Checkers is definitely still here. I think I'm between like, do I keep an eye out in the opposite direction? Because they've clearly noticed something where they're looking and I don't want to get surrounded. Yeah, got it. Um, so I think I might just like take a quick look back and then just keep an eye out for anything else that might be approaching Love us. Love that. Very cool. Val, roll me an insight check. The DC is going to be very high. I mean, that's surprise you to learn. Boo, nine. I rolled very poorly. So this is all happening kind of all at once. And you, because it is such an alien, strange mystical occurrence that you don't, you can't like, and it's happening so quickly and came out of nowhere mm-hmm. that you can't get a read on its intention. Checkers, make me a perception check. 21. You immediately kind of snap into this like hyper awareness mode, mm-hmm. trying to assess threats, especially as someone who has spent so much time out here, know the value of knowing what you're up against. Yep. You don't see anything else. Like, nothing else is appearing. And again, this I'm imagining this is all happening yeah. relatively quickly, but you do kind of a quick once-over and feel very confident. Like, you don't see anything else. The only thing is this strange specter. And at that, Checkers is going to go, Mango, stay here, and jump over to where the rest of the party is to try and see if he can figure out what's going on, because mm-hmm. everyone seems very surprised at the moment. Mm-hmm. Kaskrin, what does it look? What are you doing to jump into action specifically? Are you just like I know you yelled out at the fortunate, "Hey, get down!" and are kind of starting to spring into action. What is it that you're doing specifically? So Kaskrin is not wearing any of his full plate; like he's settling in for mm-hmm. a fun night of cards. So, in order to really pose any sort of threat, he reaches his hands to the ground. He uses stone forming to pull a spear from the ground cool. and kind of point it above the fortunate's head in kind of a play to get the spirit away from them yeah. somehow. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Val will attempt to cast Mind Link with the specter. Cool. So again, this is all happening super quick. And again, this is like really a good example of you guys and your quality as a team, I feel like, in a way where like the vibes are immediately everyone's jumping in, doing something, guarding, attacking, defending, assessing the area around you guys. And Val, you kind of like send out very quickly being like, okay, the first kind of read didn't go through. Let me push a little deeper. Val, you reach out and you do make a connection. You get no distinct thoughts. Like there's no sentences. There's no anything like that. You get more emotion. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you sense is pain, is sadness, anguish, 
betrayal. Kaskrin, you extend your rocky spear mm-hmm. towards it, and the fortunate kind of spins around immediately, like you said, springs into action like the supernatural predator that it is. And it just kind of looks and pauses. This strange whatever it is extends an appendage to you. It keeps extending and it extends a couple of, like several feet towards you. I think only Kaskrin really sees this because of who you are and your background. But just for a moment, you get the distinct impression. Again, it's very amorphous. It's very hard to pin down or describe any traits about it. But it appears as if it is a hand, an arm, holding out a sword. I'm watching this arm, the shadowy arm, extend around us, staying wary, staying conscious, but it's not like it attacked us yet. No. And for the briefest second, as it reaches out to what I think might be its full length, Mm -hmm. it's just something about the pose, something about the position leaves that impression with me. Yes. It's holding a sword or a weapon of some kind. You all see this, and you hear, as it extends to Kaskrin, it's very slowly, almost non-threatening in a way. We're Mm. like, if it happened quickly, I'd imagine you're all jumping in action, Mm -hmm. right? But it's just, you almost just watch, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's, Mm -hmm. you don't know how to, your brain doesn't know how to process it, because it's so strange. And Kaskrin, you get this flash of insight, and extends across your spear and kind of crosses it. And you all hear a clang of steel as they kind of intersect. Mm -hmm. Even though one is a smoky appendage and the other is stone? Yes. And then... I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine even at that clang, the fortunate doesn't really like they've never seen this before and there's like a second where everyone jumps in the action at the sound of steel hitting against steel and Kaskrin has to be like hold everyone back like hold on in that this thing is not trying to attack us I don't know what it's doing but it's not here to fight quick question you said the the fortunate kind of like spun around yeah. and then didn't react yes. after that. Um, does it appear like the fortunate can't see yeah. the thing? Yeah, roll me an inside check. 20 total. No, the fortunate doesn't see it. Ah. Do they react like they, they heard the sound at all? No. All the fortunate is reacting to is, is us. you is us. guys reacting. While this has been happening have there been any other emotion or glimpses with mind link no great question but no it is just this outpouring of these complex sorrowful but not angry feelings if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i imagine like what struck him the first time of like why this gave him the impression of it being a sword yeah was that the creature's arm and the the way that it was holding its body was indicative of, like, a sword form. Yes. And it's, like, something that Kaskrin would have trained into other soldiers. And now the moment has arrived as, like, kind of a training duel where this the clashing of swords sounds like the beginning of some sort of practice duel or some sort of um, almost like a martial arts... Uh, like an on guard. Uh, yeah. Roll me a history check with advantage. Ten. You just, exactly though, you get the sense that it is almost like offering its blade to you. And not in a like, I'm doing you a service or something, but in a classical like, like you said, we are dueling or we are practicing together. And like, it's kind of like you said, an on guard 
kind of position. You hear another clash of steel. This is all happening one right after the other. And at the second clash of steel, it disappears. And Kaskrin calls out, Self, did you see where it went? As he's still like holding the, the spear in place, but is now searching the darkness around our clearing for it. Mm-hmm. Val moves Mindlink to the fortunate. And you also, as soon as it disappears from your sight, Mindlink ends. Mm-hmm. Like it is gone. Yeah. The fortunate, and, and again, do you, how much how much like emotion do you get from Mindlink? Technically, it's to speak telepathically. Yeah. So you are able to make a connection yeah. to the fortunate, I guess I'll say. But that colors your interaction with whatever you saw, where it isn't just emotion. You've, you've sensed kind of emotion like from the untethered and stuff before, but it would strike you as you were able to mind link. This thing must have been communicating. The feelings you were feeling and it was kind of projecting to you. Yeah. You couldn't form words. And that was kind of its best approximation of communication. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Val's casting Mind Link with the Fortunate to compare their emotions with the Spectre. So you, and I don't remember if you have mind linked with a regular, a a tethered member of the Bones. I don't think so. You get the same kind of like feedback that you would for a normal, a normal creature. Mm -hmm. In the same way of like, you don't sense the emotions, but you can feel like, ah, there's a connection there. Even if it's Mm -hmm. a little fuzzy and staticky because it's a weird undead creature, Mm -hmm. you still like, yep, cool. Normal back and forth. Gotcha. Val, do you know what that creature was? Do you know what that creature was? Uh, roll me a d20. Guidance. 13 with guidance. Okay. Ooh. Boy, what does that tell you? That's such an interesting, like... Note that I have good. turn undead and arcane aberration. Like, I kind of know these I got things. some stuff. I got some, <laughs> some, I got some relevant experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You Mm -hmm. think you just saw a spirit. And ghosts, spirits, etc. on Rixia, there are a lot of ways that they're formed. Mm -hmm. Some kind of the classic angry spirit, right? And the ones who are like, "Ah, I was murdered here and I have unfinished business. But that's not not what you felt Mm -hmm. as you mind licked. And this is why I'm giving... All this info is because you did mind link to it. Mm-hmm. You also know one of the ways that spirits, echoes, ghosts, whatever they are, appear is similar to the way decades, if not centuries ago, that objects of focus appeared. Where there's a moment so meaningful and profound or painful or joyous or something that it almost leaves traces on the world behind it. There are many ways that this can manifest. It's one of those magical things where each case is different enough Mm -hmm. that it's hard to nail down a pattern. But you get the sense because of, again, not because it was angry, not because it was all these other things that these kind of like classic poltergeisty apparitions would offer, that you think it is an echo of some event or some person from Rixia's past who has reached out to you. Hmm. I relay this. <laughs> Kaskrin is standing kind of on the edge of our clearing, still doing one final sweep in the darkness for this creature. He's got his spear in hand still and almost absentmindedly as if he's just thinking aloud to himself. He says, I think someone needs our help. So, uh, Selv will 
gesture to maybe to Val and the fortunate and say, deal out the cards again. Val has not moved and she's been like preparing her hands <laughs> basically this entire Looking time. at everyone and else's hands. No, yeah. Val would never. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, starting with the area of kind of where it formed, mm-hmm. I'm going to check the ground and kind of like start making a spiral pattern out and see if I can find, like if there's a grave or a body, remains, yep. uh, a sword? anything. A sword, mm-hmm. sure. Roll me a investigation check. Guidance. (laughs) Sophie had a big wind up for that. I was really waiting. 11. Nothing immediately strikes you. Okay. So I think Checkers is reacting in kind of the same way that Casgrin might be. I think he probably missed the first part of this where the spirit or the, the thing kind of appeared. And he kind of just caught the second half of it just because he was coming over from where Mango was at. So he's kind of a little bit confused as to what's going on. So he's just going to keep an eye out along with Kaskrin, make sure that they're still safe for the night, mm-hmm. and just kind of watch as Selv is looking around, checking for things. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of look around for any sign of anything, for clues, for other apparitions leading you somewhere else, or anything. And you don't find anything. You don't know whether it's because it's the night, Mm -hmm. whether it is because of this strange grassy thing, or maybe because there is nothing to find. Mm -hmm. But you have this experience. Yeah. I won't say weighing on you, but as a punctuation for your evening. And oh, Val says, like, deal again, let's go. I'm ready to play. <laughs> I was going to say, the fortune would be like, so are we not playing Are we not playing cards? I'm in. Kaskrin's usually pretty excited to play cards. You know, he's passed a lot of evenings this way. Yeah. But like you said, this is this is weighing on him, and so he has a, a bit of a harder time, like, getting into it until later in the evening. Yep. I was going to say, Checkers would be like, oh, all right, Kaskrin's on watch. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. What's this card do? <laughs> uh, Selvul will be on watch. Val takes out one final secret granola bar for Cass. <laughs> it's like, this is actually the last one. I know Val. I've said that a few times yeah. now. <laughs> this is it. I, I feel like... Feels like you need it. I was going to say, I feel like Valeska would use that as like a betting token. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cass's emotional well-being is yeah, more yeah. important yeah. than a game to Val. <laughs> Anyone who's playing, roll me... 2d6. Question. Yes. Can Val do some type of check to know more about the game so she can be better at it? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you all, anyone who's Mm. playing, I'm not even going to say you need to make a check. Okay. What I will say is you tell me what extra skill that you are kind of using, you know, because it could be sleight of hand, it could be intelligence, could mm-hmm. be whatever. Uh-huh. But like, what are you specifically doing? Kind of what's your style of playing this game? And it could be, oh, I know the rules in like a chess way where it's like, ah, I have read this book and I know all of the all of the statistics and I know the openers and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other thing. Or it could be like, yeah, I cheat. And so mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to use a charisma to cheat or distract my opponents. Val knows this like counting cards in blackjack right like she just she knows the statistics of like what cards are available what like she is doing the math problems behind the cards checkers is obviously going to cheat yeah (laughs) i mean i I said it aloud being like i think Uh i probably cover Mm -hmm. someone yeah so checkers is going to use sleight of hand but he's not going to change his cards around no that's far too easy what he's going to do is he's going to use sleight of hand to change other people's cards around. So they look at them and they go, ah, good, I'm going to win. And then they actually play them and they're different cards. Different cards. Yes. Uh, we'll have you just do, I think, just for the sake of math, and I haven't run any numbers, we'll just call it a dexterity check. Yeah. Uh, just And you will add your dexterity bonus and you will add your intelligence mm-hmm. bonus, uh, Sophie. 
Um, are you are you still playing? Yes. Kaskarin? Okay. It takes them, like I said, it takes them a little bit to get into it, but once he gets going, Kaskarin is the guy who is like talking smack the whole yeah. evening, <laughs> like trying to distract mm-hmm. other people while he's like playing his own cards. Like he's got his head in the game, but he's like trying to distract other people with his words. I love it. Yes, awesome. So some charisma, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You said two d six. Two d six. I'll tell you, the fortunate is very good at this, and is rolling three d six. Oh no. Jeez. Ooh, rolled really good, too. Oh, no. Ten. Nine. Eleven. <laughs> ah. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, you guys get demolished. <laughs> like, it is as if you, you are playing a different game. Like, the, if it was just the three of you, ooh, what good times. The fortunate destroys you. <laughs> We're still playing three dragon ante. Yeah, yeah exactly. Five it, dragon did ante. you guys forget? Did you guys forget there's two more dragons? And we will just carry this on and and the fortunate is really interested in playing for for money yeah <laughs> and like it can be like a couple copper but it's like that would put money on yeah too. it's like yeah cash going to 100 it's lightly just like kind of pushing you guys to be like i only have these three gold coins fortunes oh, oh that that counts that's fine yep cool <laughs> you guys play however many hands you i feel float appropriate. checkers m- copper once he loses those three yeah. gold coins yeah 100%. <laughs> And I'll like I'll take the next watch. So like as we keep playing throughout the night, I'll swap self in for the for the games. I go watch stuff. Uh, and and again, it is it is very extremely low stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the three gold. Yeah. Except for the three. <laughs> except yeah. for the three gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a particularly rich pot to yeah. begin with. Can feed a family for a month. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> um, the fortune might even feel bad about taking those three gold, but not really. Um, Val will mind like the fortune and be like, "Don't feel bad. You earned it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost feel bad. And, you know, usually it would be like, yeah, you know, money gets kind of changed hands. Everyone comes away, you know, maybe lose they lose all of a our bit. Money. Yeah. You guys get cleaned out. Again, it's cleaned out for like 20 copper or something. Mm-hmm. But like you guys get wiped, <laughs> just wiped in ways that you're like, I don't even understand why we're Val's like, like doing the math in her mind of like, that was statistically impossible. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. It was like a 1% chance. That still <laughs> I changed their cards around and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Except you changed them to better cards. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. And the fortunate is having a blast. Like, is like loosening up in ways that you haven't seen them loosen up. And again, they are a relatively loose individual as far as the bones go, but is like starts just kind of like chatting with you guys and is like shooting the shit a little bit with mm-hmm. you guys and feels a little bit more full of life, if that makes sense. Yeah. And is a little bit more animated and a little bit more personable than they have been, even as they have been perfectly fine, perfectly fun and nice and mm-hmm. whatever and had their own you know, personality. Is it almost like, like their professionalism has been like let down? Like it's more chatting among. Ooh, roll me an insight check. I'll, I'll, I'll ask for an insight check. Uh, 13. That is good enough. It, it's not even that their professionalism is going down. It's just that they're, they're so enthusiastic about it. Okay. You know, so it's like, it is, it's not that they're letting their guard down. Mm-hmm. It's that like their enthusiasm for this is taking over. Gotcha. Where like playing cards is so much fun and so engaging that like they're getting more energized, uh-huh. kind of like going through it and, and interacting with you guys. Mm-hmm. Quick poll of the table. Is it likely to bring down the mood or be okay if I ask if this is how the fortunate got their name? Makes the sense. shield yeah, said to ask yeah, how yeah, the fortunate yeah. got their name. The stone did. This is a, as yeah, good a time as any. Yeah. Val will lightheartedly quip towards the fortunate mm-hmm. as she hands over all of her copper. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just ask it in that way, like, this must be how you got your name. Yeah. The fortunate kind of like. And as... like smiling, like happy right. that she's learned the game. and Yeah. Having a nice time yeah. is asking collegiately. As the, you know, as the fortune is, like, counting the pile of <laughs> coppers that they are, like, inexplicably, like, putting in their, like, bag. Yeah. Though they have no earthly need for money. I mean, okay, it's a little yes and no. Okay. Yes is the short <laughs> answer. <laughs> I'm here for the long answer, too. The long answer isn't much longer. We We pretty much all have our names. It is a strange thing. But an indelible thing, a a universal thing, that 
we each have our our passions, mm-hmm. things that that excite us, things that we are preoccupied by. Mm-hmm. Over the years that we have been conscious, that we have been wandering, that we have refound our place in Agmar, Shield likes to say that our interests in who we are are closer than sheer happenstance. I have a reputation of um, taking chances mm-hmm. out on patrols. The shield has a reputation of protecting. Please tell me the stone loves geology. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> the fortunate just kind of like shrugs and is like, you should ask him. But he will be delighted to show you. Are they going to show us their pet rock? I'm I'm imagining <laughs> he, like a collection yeah. of like super cool like crystal minerals they found uh, in their centuries of being. It's going to be a sweet rock collection. Uh, I so yeah. feel excited. It's like it's all these like cool geodes and yeah. like things that yeah, and the the, the like. The fortunate just kind of like I'm imagining. I don't know Val if it's all literally. Really Val gets really excited. Some like Sir Jackers probably says something like that. Yeah, some amount yeah. of this. Yeah. I'm Val immediately character. dives into defending geology. We're just like <laughs> imagining the cool rocks the stone must have yeah. in their sweet collection. And the fortunate is just like nodding, like, <laughs> isn't detracting or adding to this. Just like brainstorming, it's just like. I feel like yeah. Self like puts a hand on Val's shoulder of like, hey, you probably need to be a little bit quiet because yeah, right. we're, <laughs> we're going to attract something that's going to murder yes, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and the fortunate just kind of, you know, nods and uh, and says, um, yeah, we each we each have our have our thing. One more round before bed? Absolutely. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> deals. Deals it out. I'm imagining this time the fortunate would suggest watches, but I will blow past the dice rolling. Nothing happens in, in the night. Because I've already pre-rolled. Huh. <laughs> and there's nothing you could have rolled that would have let you see this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn it, David. You've read, you've read me like a book. Ha-ha. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless to Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. The next morning breaks. In the morning, I am actually going to take another sweep around and just kind of look for again uh, idea. grave Sorry. remains mm-hmm. uh weapons anything that might be around here i imagine val is like making breakfast maybe like making a small 
fire to get some like hot water boiling and she just sees self like pacing around and as he comes past her she just like touches his calf and says like may you find what you seek and she's like groggy because <laughs> yeah. she stayed up late playing cards i'm like what are you doing yeah <laughs> whatever like, it is good do luck. it faster good luck Romy, Romy, either survival or investigation and you can do it with advantage because you're kind of doing it slowly or doing it, you know, kind of like taking time, all that good stuff. Okay, this will be survival. 24 Ooh. total. Nice. So last night, you f- you know, you weren't sure whether you missed something or whether it was dark or whatever. Today, you're really taking your time and you're really going over stuff. You're checking, you know, tracks. You are looking for bent grass. You're doing everything. And you are more sure today that there's nothing here. Okay. I actually feel a little better about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are, you know, you eat, you pack up all this stuff. The fortunate kind of leads you in the same direction. And there has never been a point, I'll say, now that it has been a couple days, it may occur to you guys, there's never been a point where the fortunate has, like, asked for directions, you know? Mm-hmm. Has never been like, oh, are we going the right way? Can we check your map, make sure to look for any uh, landmarks mm-hmm. or anything like that? The fortunate just walks. And you guys, I presume, follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't and tell Val you has been like doing. making a map, so she's kind of had right. chances to double check. But yeah, yeah they're. Yeah, we, we check like what records we have, but it's like we never ask, and it seems like we're still right. So. Mm-hmm. Either the map that we have or the one that Val is creating, Selv will, will kind of point to where we camped for the night Yeah, and just say, mark the apparition, please. Val marked it down. <laughs> Little ghost. Quest marker. <laughs> yeah. As you guys are breaking camp, actually, one of you notices, uh, who has the highest passive perception? Selv? Uh, might be you. Uh, my passive Perception is 16. Mine's 14. 16. 14. My passive Ah. insight is 17. I'm very into checkers and self being the ones to see this. Nice. In the distance, a good hunk of the way away, the two of you see what appears to be a ship. Oh. What? Rise. From behind a copse of trees. Oh. It appears to just be a boat. And you can't really make it out from here. Like floating or riding on the, what looks like riding on the grass, maybe? Well, it starts riding on the grass and then takes off into the air. Guys, guys, guys. There's a floating boat. Val stares into the air with her mouth a little ajar, like, what? Yeah, Kaskrin, like, it's just trying to follow it. He didn't yeah. see it initially, and then, like... Is there any name? It's too far away. Yeah. To oh, okay. I was going to ask, how far is it? Because I think at this point, Checkers would definitely start running <laughs> after it. Yeah. Like, it would take a concerted effort to stop Checkers at this point. It is It is a ways away. Okay. Um, again, it is, not, it is not horizon level away, okay. but it is, I mean, just with the kind of plains and hilly things, it would... It's a ways away. There's a lot of like, that can't be what it is, right? Like, and it's like trying to squint at it and like look at it from a different angle. It's like, is, is that is that a boat? So Selv will not take his eyes off of that ship, but will like tap Val and then tap the map. And just, <laughs> just be like, I got it. I got it. It's down there. It's down there. I got it. I got it. It's down there. It's like scribbling a crayon drawing. <laughs> mm-hmm. What type of ship slash boat is this? Well, you know, Sophie, I'm glad that you asked. It is one sail. I say this being aware that I'm describing a land sky boat, Mm -hmm. where therefore any amount of boat is a lot of boat. But it is not huge. It is a flat bottom, flat bottomed boat, which would be usually for navigating like rivers Mm -hmm. or that sort of thing, but also could be for landing. Good for land, yeah. Um who is trained in history? Val. Is the answer just Val? Just, <laughs> just Val. Roll me a history check. 
Guidance? I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. God. Butts. <laughs> 11. That still gives you, double digits still gives you some useful info. Two pieces of useful info, mm-hmm. specifically. One, ages ago, and I mean that in the sense of like time, right? Of like an age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were in some parts of the world, including on this continent, very famously, flying ships. Mm-hmm. The most famous of them, of course, being the citadel, the sunken citadel that is east of Agmar which is kind of like a giant, huge version that is a city, right? But similar timeline and similar principle. And the other thing you know with your baseline check is that these are all, they're all very old. The last time that these, that any of these existed was like as the Pentarchy was starting. So like a long time ago, not immemorable, Mm -hmm. but a long, long time ago. And these these are not seen these are not these don't exist anymore mm-hmm. as far as you or most people know but there is there there is one right there mm-hmm. like Kaskrin was having a hard time believing what happened yesterday it's like i you know we barely saw it so maybe it didn't actually happen but this is like even less probable like <laughs> it would take a lot yeah, to convince kinda. him that this is not a hallucination val punches cass in the arm, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it's just like punch me back, punch me back, and like it's just like making like it's like pitching giant boulder yeah. fist, <laughs> and ow, it's still there. Oh, okay, that's good. Huh. Scientific method. Yeah, uh, no matter and, how many times I hit you, it's still there. <laughs> and and you see it kind of like take off. Uh, Kaskrin's actually going to pull out a telescope from his bag. You've had a telescope this entire time? I don't know. Don't you? (laughs) (laughs) We're adventurers. Of course. It's in the the standard adventurers pack. It is? Sure. I don't know. No, it's not. The standard adventurers pack is like 10 days of ration and 50 feet of hemp and rope and like a bedroll. And a sweet ass telescope. (laughs) I am very fine with Kaskrin being like, yeah, I got, I picked one up when we were in the city. Compared to us, what direction is it flying? Toward us? Away from us? It's kind of going in a little bit the opposite direction that you guys were going, where it's like you guys are heading, again, kind of west-southwest, and it is kind of going almost semi-parallel to you guys makes it seem too intentional, where it's it's just kind of generally going off away from you guys, kind so, of sort of towards the way So in like our naval strategy that we're now fluent in because Cass taught us for the library presentation. That's true. Is it... <laughs> Doing any defensive or offensive naval maneuvers? Well, let's let's us. have Caskrin. Uh, you pull out your telescope. I want to add one quick thing. Yes, Checkers would say, you know, it seems like Lorana Moonglove is the kind of person to have a flying boat. Maybe we should go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Checkers, I think this is the one time I fully agree that we need to go check this out. Caskrin, <laughs> you pull out your telescope. Are you looking for anything in particular or just kind of trying to generally size it up? I'm just trying to see it, but also see if there's any people on the deck. Yeah, cool. Ooh, make me a perception check with advantage. 21. Cool. So you you take out this telescope, and I'm imagining it's, you know, a field telescope, basically. So it's not like a, you know, you're not setting up a tripod. Is it like an eyeglass? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's a tube with mirrors, so like it's a pretty standard like soldiers, it's a, a spyglass. Type. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, I'll give you three pieces of information. Nice. One, because Val reminded Val slash Sophie, it, you're all characters to me. Um, <laughs> reminded me that you went in depth in your naval presentation recently at the uh, at the the library. Thank so you maybe for it's, reminding me too. Yeah, it's, it's maybe fresh in your mind. You would see that it's not. It is, seems like it is just kind of taking off, and it, there's it's not circling towards you or anything like that. And you guys actually can see it. It's starting to take off and kind of swerves a little bit kind of back towards the direction that you guys are going. Certainly not heading towards you or anything like that. You would also be able to see, you can't pick out details, but there are people on it Hmm. um, who are crewing it. 
and it you know it seems like it is just kind of running like a boat would for as much time as Kaskrin has spent on boats. Uh, it seems like, yeah, they're all doing boat things. The third one, because you rolled so well, is you actually can see on its side a name. Ooh. And the name is the Aquarius. And just to double check, like it looks like a real, like a regular ocean ship boat. Yes. Just flying. Yes. It's a flat bottom. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And no other discernible characteristics that would indicate how it's flying. No, not from not from here and not from kind of what you're able to tell just looking at it as it's kind of flying away from you. Does it have freaking what are the flaps called with cannons? A sail? No, the things you the cannons on the side Port, of the port the portholes. Uh, it would have yeah. Portholes are then they a window? Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's anything that you uh, with a 21, you see both portholes and cannons, and, whatever yeah, whatever okay. each of them okay. are. Okay. But yeah, you would see it is actually armed. That is a, that is a good point. Uh-huh. What I should say is that there are kind of like closed holes where cannons might be. But the other thing that you would notice, and I should have said this. Cannon holes. Previously, with, <laughs> yeah. a, with a 21. Yeah, the classic term, cannon holes. Is you see... At the front, and I'm not even going to pretend like I'm. A, I know the nautical terms. It's aft. I it's, don't know it's four. the four. The front bit. You see a large harpoon. Ah. Is the other kind of notable characteristic. <gasps> no. Yeah, I, I just thought that too. No, you wouldn't do what. Make sky <laughs> Make whalers that are hunting sky whales. <laughs> Who's those to say? poor, glorious, majestic creatures of the sky. Who's to say? Should only have to worry about weird <laughs> lightning creatures. <laughs> Flesh lightning. Kaskrin turns to the group and says, I want to go find this thing. I don't know if we could catch up to it if we try. No, you can easily, like, it is, again, it is not going the same direction you are. Yeah. And it is definitely, it's not blazing fast, but it's definitely moving faster than you guys are. And certainly, even if you were moving at the same speed, is not, you would not be able to really catch it. The angles are all wrong, especially in this strange grasslands that you are not familiar with. But you know, Val, I know the bone situation, tragic, truly. (laughs) (laughs) You see as the fortunate just kind of like looms and looks over you. But just think about those sky whales, you know, they're defenseless. They have little babies with them. I they only not have that one baby every was, five years. That was yeah. Sophie yelling that at Nathan. Only, <laughs> only one baby. Val did not say that in character. I, I thought you were going to go with the, um, you know, if we... Uh, if we had an airship, yeah, <laughs> we could get there a lot faster. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of reasons why checkers would want to go for an airship as opposed to uh, actually completing the mission. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As kind of this clamor dies down, you carry on with your march. You see two main things, uh, actually, three things. One, you continue to hear that loud yowling and this time it is a little closer two there is a point where the fortunate stops in their tracks and lowers their hands to get down you can't see it but something just screams across the sky and you're all bathed in shadow for just a moment and the third thing that happens is every hour or so you see the apparition in daylight Hmm. and it's very strange and it is as strange as it was at night it is almost equally strange in daytime where it's fainter but appears to be the same thing each time it kind of extends its appendage in what is now a familiar gesture suddenly you guys are plunged into twilight the sky darkens it is not night but it is also not day 
the sounds of battle start to echo around you faintly at first and growing in fervor and in severity. You see more apparitions start to appear. And then the apparition, the apparition, and you somehow know it now. You know it is the one appears in front of you and holds out its sword hand once more. And you hear a voice. And it says, Fight alongside me. Be the brothers and sisters who did not. And put me to rest. And that is where we'll end the session this week, everybody. (laughs) See you next week, everyone. I'm just going to get uh, five more seconds of quiet. But another five seconds, I guess. (laughs) Start the start the timer again. Start over. You say butts at the fourth second. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do it, but I wanted to do it so bad. I was keeping (laughs) it so much held back. (laughs) It was really I have wanted to do that every time you've asked me that. And I wasn't looking at anyone. I was just, I'm down here. Oh, that's a very interesting pattern in the carpet. I'm definitely not about like a millimeter from just cracking up. It's like those intrusive thoughts. Yes. But what if you did? What if I said butt right now? What if I said butt right in this instant? One, two, three, four, butts. Two, three, four, butts. Two, three, four.